0: I want to talk to you a little bit about freedom today. Here's how I know that freedom is such a powerful thing and that it doesn't matter what age you are. We all love freedom. We love being free. I've seen it played out many, many, many times among our kiddos. We have a lot of awesome kids here today. Kids, I'm talking to you. I've seen you do this over and over again. I've seen it even in the other building uh, during the the daycare preschool days. Uh, If I'm over there ever and just happen to be in the gym area, I will watch this really quiet, single-file line of kiddos walking towards the gym. They'll have a finger over their lips, and they'll just be really quiet. But I'm telling you, as soon as that first toe gets over into the gym floor, it's, ah! I mean, like, screaming yay, we're free, we're free. They don't actually say we're free, but they, they are free. <laughs> and I'll watch the teachers go and sit down and go, <sighs> that's their way of saying I'm free <laughs> for just a little bit. Go run, go run, throw balls at each other, I don't care, right? It's a, I see it all the time. It's a universal. I've seen it on playgrounds. I've seen it in gymnasiums. Kids are like, I want to be free. I don't have to be quiet anymore. I see it in students. Now, if you get your driver's license, I don't know if you were like me, but when I got my driver's license, I was like, I don't have to get a ride anymore. Isn't that a freeing thing to not have to get a ride, to not have to get dropped off and picked up? You know, last one sitting there. Okay, all the rest of the team's gone. My dad's running a little late. Come pick me up at practice. You know, but to have that, I had my car. I could go when I wanted. I could leave when I wanted. I even asked my parents, do you need some eggs or some bread? I'll go, I'll go shopping for you. I just want to go drive. I want to be free, you know. That's why back in my day when we did something for fun students, we went cruising. We was just driving. That's all we did. And, and we make a circle. And we drove a circle over and over again there in Harlan County. And we were living the dream, you know. So freedom. And, and you know what? no matter what your age is, we all crave it. We all desire it. We want it. I think that's why we sense this tension even right now during a pandemic because there's a tension between being safe and being completely free, right? You make sacrifices in order to protect people, but that feels like loss of freedom. And so that's why there's this tension that we feel in the world right now because we all want to be free. I actually believe that God hardwired us to desire freedom. However, we often live our lives not clinging to a lack of freedom physically, that we don't want. But in many ways, spiritually and emotionally, we find ourselves enslaved. I want you to know this truth today. We've been talking about what it means to be saved now for five weeks, and I want you to know this. If you are saved, then you are freed. If you're saved, then then you're freed. Something supernatural happens, and we actually witnessed it in front of us today. We're going to read a passage in a moment that talks about baptism. But something supernatural happens when you call upon the name of the Lord and are saved, as it says in Romans ten thirteen. You become unified with Christ. And whatever path Christ was on, you are on that same path So you'll see it in a moment when the Apostle Paul wrote uh, the book of Romans, God inspired him to write these words, that we follow that same path, that we too become dead to sin and alive in Christ. Just as Christ died on the cross, our old selves die. Just as He rose again, we live a new life in Him when we place our faith in Jesus. So let me read to you starting in Romans 5 verse 20. It says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what this is basically saying is that God's grace is greater than our sin. This is a truth you need to understand, that there is no sin that God's grace cannot rise above. So if you, your sin is here, God's grace is here. Your sin is here, God's grace is here. You, you cannot out-sin the grace of God, which is crazy, right? I mean, it takes faith to actually believe that this is true, and yet it is true. God's Word teaches us that where sin exists, grace is more abundant. Grace is greater than every bit of our sin. Now, it's so funny because uh, the very next thing that Paul says I think is hilarious. Because it proves that God knows us well and He's always known us well. Because what he says next, he actually begins a new chapter in Romans, but what he says next, he knows human nature. Some of you might have thought it just now too. We love loopholes, don't we? We love to find the loophole. And even as I'm reading that, I'm like, oh wait, so the more I sin, the more God's grace I get. I could just sin more. And the more I sin, the more grace I get. Sounds like a pretty good deal. (laughs) If you're thinking that way, shame on you. No, I'm just teasing. Um, But here's what it says. God knew the way we would think. God knows how we are. So he says right right after those verses I just read in Romans 6.1, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Verse 2, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? This is huge. Pay attention here. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined Him him in His death? In other words, our old sinful selves also died. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, we will also be raised to life as He was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ, So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. I believe we can agree to this. Like we can agree, okay, death and sin have no power over Jesus. But the hard thing for us to believe is that when we place our faith in Jesus, we become one with him. And death and sin have no power over us either. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves, this is important. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. This is the hard part. This takes faith. You have to really believe that what Jesus did for us results in us experiencing freedom. Sin and death have no power over the one who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching or listening online, no matter who you are, right now, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, if you trust in Him and Him alone, for your salvation, I want you to know this very clearly. The two most formidable foes that will throw us off our game every time if we let it are sin and death. When you think about your future with God, when you think about eternal life, you think about what is the one thing that would cause me to shriek back and think maybe, maybe I'm in big trouble here. It would be sin. Am I really forgiven of it? And death. Will I really get to be with Him after that? What really lies past that last breath on this earth. Well, today, friends, I have to tell you, it takes faith, a step of faith, to believe that when you call upon the name of the Lord, as it says in Romans 10:13, and ask Him to save you, you no longer have to fear or worry about those two things ever again, ever again, done and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. You don't have to worry about sin anymore. It has no hold on you. You've declared not guilty it's it. It's over. You're free. Don't even have to think about, worry about if you're going to be punished for your sin after you die. You don't have to worry about death. Your eternity has been guaranteed through Jesus Christ. Your name written in the book of life forever and ever by faith in Jesus Christ. It's nothing that you've done. That's what causes us problems. It's like, well, have I done enough? Have I done No, if you're thinking that way, you're already lost. <laughs> you're already lost. You're already enslaved. It's not about what you've done or what I've done. It's about all that Jesus has done already through the cross and through the empty tomb. Sin and death are defeated, conquered, done. It's like being able to start a game knowing you're already going to win the game. There's a freedom in that. And that's what God wants you to live in. He wants you to live in that freedom. Paul gets really practical when he describes what living in that freedom looks like, as he continues in Romans six twelve. It says, "Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For we, you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master." For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Reading this passage reminds me of that account when a woman was dragged in front of Jesus. She had been caught in adultery. And the men in that village already had rocks in their hands because the Mosaic law allowed for a woman caught in adultery to be put to death by stoning. So there she was facing death right in the eyes. And Jesus gives that famous quote. He who is without sin, throw the first rock. And one by one, those men dropped the rocks and left. And Jesus says to the woman, neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. Believe it or not, I don't know if it's the way I'm wired. I don't know if it's human nature. I don't know if you feel the same way. But I had a hang-up with that. I love that. It's one of my favorite things, favorite encounters that Jesus ever had. It's like, what an amazing moment. This woman was about to be killed, and he saved her life physically, but also saved her life spiritually forever. It's a really, really cool moment. But I get hung up on that last part where he says, and and now I don't condemn you. Yay, now go leave your life of sin. Whoa, I don't think I'm capable of that. I still make mistakes. You still make mistakes. I still make mistakes. We still sin. Is Jesus literally saying, now that I've forgiven you of your sin, now go live perfectly or I'm going to get you. I think we live our lives that way sometimes. I think we think that way sometimes. But that's not what the Bible says at all. You just read it in Romans 6, 12 and following. You, sin no longer has a hold on you. You have this freedom. It's completely free. But what he's saying is that when you actually choose to do sin, when you actually choose to do the wrong thing that you know is not God's will, it's as if you're walking back into your jail cell and sitting down and saying, I'd rather be here. I'd rather be here. It's like putting on the shackles around your wrist and saying, I'd rather these to be reattached. That's what God wants you to not experience. He doesn't want you to go back into sin, to go back into living in such a way that is far from Him. He saved you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you to no longer live in sin anymore. Why be enslaved to it? It's, it's a common sense thing. It's, like, it's not one of those things like, well, i got to live perfectly or I'm going to in trouble. No. No, you're saved. You're redeemed. Jesus' blood that he shed for you on the cross paid for you to have eternal life forever. You are free. You are free indeed. That is awesome. Now, what are you going to do with that freedom? Go back into doing the opposite kind of life that he would want you to live? Why would you do that? What a waste of life that would be. Why not instead live as if we know we're going to live forever and that we're no longer condemned by sin anymore? Why not live a life of love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness? That's what He wants us to do. And He helps us do that because His Holy Spirit indwells within us when we place our faith in Him. That's the life He wants you to live, a life of amazing freedom. Freedom. I've heard story after story of Christ followers who live in a country that is not like ours where they don't have the same freedoms we have. Friends of mine who are on the mission field who can't even tell you, can't even tell me where they're doing their mission work because they could be arrested. They could be kicked out of the country. You may say, well, they're not very free, but I will tell you story after story of Christ followers in those countries who are probably living more free than we do sometimes because they're living out their spiritual freedom. Choosing to live a life of love and joy and peace even though physically they can't do all the same things we get to do. That's real freedom. Like we sang before, Christ is enough. If all of a sudden we lose complete freedom physically but we have Christ, Christ is enough. Oh, we are free. We are free indeed. No one can take away the kind of freedom that God gives you and me through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why I offer you this next step to take with Him today. Ask God to set you free. Have you done that yet? Have you called upon His name and asked Him to save you, asked Him to forgive you of your sins and experienced that freedom? You may be knowing a lot about God and, man, you're here today in church or you're watching online and listening online and those are really great things, but nothing will fully change in your life until you give your life to Him and put your faith in Him. You give Him your old life, He takes it and gives you new life. That's the exchange. It's a great exchange It's a great deal that God offers you. And He offers it freely because He paid for it through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Have you done that yet? I did that on June 17, 1988 at a camp that I went to for like all my life every summer. And because... On June 17, 1988, the best way I knew how, I prayed and asked God to save me. Because of that, I can stand before you to, and say, not because of anything I've done, but I can stand before you and say that I am saved. I'm acquitted. I'm declared not guilty before God now and forever. I'm saved. I'm adopted. He gave up his own son so that I could be his son, I could be his child forever. I am saved. I am purchased. He valued me so much that He shed the the blood of His own Son to pay for me to be with Him forever. I am saved. I am guaranteed. That means He put His Holy Spirit within me so that I can walk by faith now, but I'm guaranteed to walk by sight in heaven with Him forever. I am saved. Which means I'm freed. No longer a slave to sin. Sin and death have no power over me. I can walk in complete freedom for the rest of my days all through eternity because of what Jesus has done for me. And friends, if that's not you today, I implore you in this moment as I pray out loud, you call upon the name of the Lord and ask Him to set you free today. Will you pray with me? Father, I come before you now thanking you for all that you've done through your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can be free for eternity. Lord, in this moment, there might be one listening or watching or here in this room. They have not called upon your name. They've not given their life to you. They've not asked you to redeem them and give them new life. They've not asked you to forgive, you, forgive them of, your sins, of their sins. Right now in this moment, as they pray, they may pray a prayer like this. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Take my old life and give me new free life. Whatever words are being prayed right now for those who are calling upon your name, Lord, that step of faith is what saves them. And help them to know by that step of faith today that they are now your child forever and now are now set free forever thanks to the price that you paid for that freedom through your son, Jesus. Father, we, could, we just can't say thank you enough for all that you've done for us. Thank you seems so small, but yet, Father, we say thank you Thank you, thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we could have new life, so that we can have eternal life forever. We celebrate that today, Lord. Help us to know today that because of you, we are free forever. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Wow, if you took a step of faith today or you want to take a step of faith and you're still not sure how to do that, we just want to hear from you today. Just take your mobile device out, text the word SAVED, to our number 859-356-3162 we'll get that text and we'll just encourage you pray for you answer any questions you have but we want to help you to know what next step to take if you place your faith in Christ or if there's anything else you need now as you came in today we offered every single person in this room a little cup of juice there's actually a little piece of bread inside that lid too that's, that's the Lord's Supper we celebrate that every now and then in the life of our church we've not done it for a while but we want to celebrate that today. And if you're here today and you don't belong to Acre Grove, people ask me, do I have to like be a member of Acre Grove to partake of the Lord's Supper? No. All you have to do is be a, a Christ follower. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you can partake of that today. We're going to sing an amazing worship song that celebrates the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. While we are singing, at any point while we're singing, I invite you to open up that lid and eat that little bread wafer. Let it remind you of the body of Christ that was broken for you and for me. And then drink that juice and let that remind you of the blood that was spilled for you to be free. At any point while we're singing, you partake if you want to. If you're not sure you want to do that, you can hold on to it. If you've not placed your faith in Christ yet, you're not sure about all this, take that with you. Put it somewhere where you'll see it to remind you that He loves you that much, that He sent His Son, Jesus to pay that price for you, all right? I invite you to stand. Let's worship him together as we sing this song of freedom and we observe the Lord's Supper together today.